one and uh, yeah. I don't know why it does that. Okay, and. All right, welcome back to Problem Solver Politics. I'm your host, Cardinellis, with Cody the Oracle. Hey, everybody. And today we've got all kinds of cool stuff we're going to talk about. First off, there's a major hashtag cruising around for ex or recovered Pete Buttigieg supporters. And we're wondering, is the hashtag Pete to Bernie hashtag actually real or is it just a bunch of fakers? Okay, there's some funny data behind this. Also, um, it looks like Bloomberg and Steyer have spent uh, pretty much the GDP of an entire banana republic, about a half billion dollars. All right, and uh, Steyer's already out, having dumped at least what three thousand seven hundred dollars per vote without getting even one delegate. And well, you could also Bo- say an infinite amount of money per delegate. <laughs> yeah, an infinite amount of money per delegate, and um, no joke. Now Bloomberg is on the chopping block, having already spent over four hundred million dollars. So we're gonna see if this is his four hundred million dollar day, like the old TV show, The Six Million Dollar Man. This is like the four hundred million dollar day. All right, and then um, we're also gonna have a preview of Super Tuesday. Uh, it's all going down right now. We're gonna cover the uh, kind of the biggest battleground states that uh, are going up for grabs on Super Tuesday, including our own good old uh, the Sunshine State, California. Actually, the Sunshine State is technically Florida, but. Um, the uh, the golden state is California. So, Cody, start us off, my man. Tell us what's going on. Uh, all right. Well, uh, with like, uh, well, I think it's just kind of tradition now. When a candidate drops out, of course, people are very interested in the support base that candidate will go to. And as the field is narrowing, a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters are kind of not. People are curious where is, for example, Pete Buttigieg's support going to go? For those of you who don't know, Pete Buttigieg did drop out of the race uh, yesterday, I believe, um, which. A tragedy, huh? Anyway, <laughs> this is what I thought was fascinating. So there was a minor thing going on Twitter of the Pete to Bernie. Now, we'll get into a minute why it's weird, but really quickly, I want to show this tweet. I'm still not convinced this isn't a joke where someone said, there's no more ardent supporter of Pete Buttigieg than I. He is a hero and a statesman with a luminous future before him. As heartbroken as I am, I accept that Bernie Sanders is now the only candidate who can lead this nation forward. I will do all I can to ensure his victory. Sounds like basically propaganda from someone who supports yeah. Bernie Sanders. However... This idea of Pete Buttigieg supporters going over to Bernie Sanders was something that was kind of being discussed and floated around a little bit on Twitter. This Now, someone put this tweet together. I'm not going to get too far. I'm not gonna, I don't want to bring up Twitter drama as like news, but yeah. I think I want to launch into something on yeah. this. But what's interesting is, check this out. So we saw tweets going around by, by this guy who I think is uh, pronounced Samuel Finkelstein. Either way, for better or for worse, I just consider him to be one of like the bigger Bernie versus Yeah, we see him Bernie all the time. voice on the platform. Like he's influential, people listen to him. Anyway, basically said, hey, it's now time for unity. However, it's important to remember, we can go back into the distant past of weeks ago. I'm not trying to call this guy out, but there was a lot of animosity yeah. going, <laughs> by the way, both ways between Pete Buttigieg supporters and the Pete Buttigieg crew and the Bernie supporters. Bernie supporters obviously are more used to uh, kind of like Twitter uh, memeing with each other. However, Pete Buttigieg, again, I'm going to go back and pull articles from a few weeks ago where Pete Buttigieg is basically telling people that we have to get we can't vote for bernie sanders because the party will go uh i want to see if i can find my favorite one where he says he wants to find someone who gives a damn about the other the bottom part of the ticket i mean there definitely is here we go so the former south bend indiana mayor used his final speech in nevada on saturday to first congratulate the vermont senator on winning um uh, before lambasting the message uh animating sanders campaign attacking his movement as and this is what i love 
an inflexible ideological revolution and arguing the tenor of its operation is one of combat, division, and polarization. Whoa. Um, he goes, I believe the best way to defeat Donald Trump and deliver for the American people is to broaden and galvanize the majority that supports us on the critical issues. Senator Sanders believes in an inflexible ideological revolution that leaves out most Democrats, not to mention most Americans. And they're, again, they're running against each other for president. This isn't out of line. But what's funny to me is this notion we're seeing and Jeez. again, I want to go back to this first tweet, which I think might have been a little bit of a joke. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Okay. Because um, while this guy seems to think that Bernie Sanders is the only way forward, uh, his boy Pete Buttigieg didn't. His boy Pete Buttigieg uh, just last week was telling him, yeah. hey, man, don't vote for Bernie. He's the worst. So point being, there's been a lot of these calls for unity within the Democratic Party as we're merge nearing the end of this but election. But it almost seems like this disingenuous thing they feel they have yeah. to say in order to still come across as the remnants of what a liberal uh, Democrat okay, is supposed to look at, like at from the 90s. At a certain point, though, it, it is election day, and the hollow, yeah. we need to come together and unify message, it kind of goes away when you look around, and it's like, I yeah. guess we need to come together and unify, but again, I'll, I'll see if I can pull it up. I have one here, but how many times did Bernie Sanders call out Pete Buttigieg and his billionaire donors? Like, what? Like, I'm supposed to, like, support Pete Buttigieg and think he's yeah, doing the right thing? Hear that and go, yeah, but whatever. I support Bernie now. Like, it's one of the issues with these prime, any primary in general, right? When, you, when you're when you running against somebody, you obviously can't say they're great and they should be president. Otherwise, like, why are you running? So you have to explain why you're better than them. But then, yeah, eventually they do drop out. And all of those mayor cheat. I didn't even bring up. Remember what happened in Iowa when Pete gave his, uh, his uh, yeah. victory speech too early? Oh, my God. The things yeah. the, there was people... And, I I'll admit I was part of them, but there's people all over the place throwing around these crazy theories about how Pete's paying off the people into the app yeah. stuff. Like, but the, <laughs> the notion that you're supposed to take all those hits as a Pete Buttigieg supporter, sit there, have people say your candidate's a liar, he works for the CIA, he's buying votes, he's scamming the election, and then 30 days later turn around and vote for your candidate is like crazy. But that's kind of what we're and some people are pushing it I, I think it's crazy I couldn't imagine as a, like as an Andrew Yang supporter I remember all the stuff people were saying about Andrew Yang I'm not just gonna forget that stuff and say oh well whatever well, you also run I mean like that you said those things these these candidates said these things to each other I, I don't know you well you also run a very strange risk because for me I disagree with Bernie Sanders, but I respect that he's kind of been this old Bolsheviks for 40 years you know what I'm saying and I believe that he believes what he's saying is right, so I give credit where credit is due. And I think, okay, like, he's not like Pete or Warren just saying whatever he wants to say to get into power. He legitimately is gaining his political power because what he's saying is authentic. And authenticity is very important for a guy like me. Okay, but, man, it was really a weird pill to swallow when after... A full year, practically, of just shredding Hillary Clinton and the establishment as irredeemably corrupt. Within a week, he turns around and he endorses her. And I know tons of Bernie people that were just like, all right, I can't swallow that even from the man I love, Bernie. And that's why so many of them voted for Donald Trump. Um, in fact, I think he actually still in 2020 now would have a stronger presence had he not endorsed Hillary Clinton and gone along to get along. So a miniature version of that, I wonder if it's happening amongst Pete Buttigieg supporters. You know what I'm saying? After <laughs> that debate performance, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and multiple speeches in town halls 
where he's really leaned hard into Bernie Sanders beyond the normal. I'd like to, quote, draw a distinction between my friend and my colleague and I, you know what I'm saying, to just just outright blatant calling names and being brutal, okay? It just seems strangely disingenuous that all of a sudden there's this call for unity and friendship. And it makes me think somebody's lying and is untrustworthy because you can't go from hating somebody that badly to loving and endorsing them within a week. I'm sorry. You just can't. Well, he's not. The thing is, he's not going to endorse Bernie Sanders. He's going to endorse probably Joe Biden. My point being, it was never going to happen. But it's just funny. We keep seeing because we're seeing as we're getting closer and closer to the election, less and less candidates in the race. It keeps happening where I'm thinking back now. I'm like, yeah, like a, a lot of Elizabeth Warren supporters do say their second choice is Bernie Sanders. And that makes a little bit more sense to me because while Bernie Sup- Sanders supporters have called Elizabeth Warren a snake and stuff in the past, Ugh. like that isn't the biggest deal to me. Like their policies are similar. My point being is what did Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders ever have in common? Like this notion that they're going to get unity behind candidates like Pete and Bernie makes no sense to me. Like, the, the, all of a sudden, like, Pete's a progressive now? Where was Pete a progressive? Pete wasn't a progressive two weeks ago. Now he is because you need his, his support. But that's the reality of winning an election. All of a sudden, you have to start trying to ignore what happened. But, again, I, I can see how, like, the, the snake memes, like, for Warren, who cares? Even, like, the rat memes for Pete, who cares? Accusing him of being a cheater. Yeah, but the, the stuff is, like, it's just, I think, as a voter, you have to, at a certain point, go to the ballot and say, I really want to vote for, like, my candidate and this candidate went at each other like crazy for months. Like, do I really feel like I want to go out there and vote for this guy? Yeah. Because here's the thing. I would. There's a lot of people, I think, that say, well, I just want to vote for whoever I think is going to beat Trump, or I just want to vote for whoever's going to win. I feel like all those voters are probably just going to stay home for the primary then and vote in the general. Like, that, if that's your only care, I want to vote for the person who beats Trump, well, then you can do that in the general. You don't have to do it in the primary. So, I don't know. It's just, it's a really weird, really weird kind of side effect of having a primary, which is running within your own party, right? Competing. But it's an even greater side effect because Bernie Sanders doesn't consider himself a Democrat and he considers the Democratic Party an adversary to him. Yeah. And he's running as one. Yeah. That 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 does become a problem. And it it does become an issue when you my larger point is Elizabeth Warren definitely more of an establishment, but she is a little bit of a progressive. She aligns I could see how you could like Warren, but then also say, well, Bernie's talking about some similar stuff. I like Bernie as well. I cannot see how you could be for Medicare for all who want it one day, and now I'm like, we have to abolish private insurance in seven days because all of a sudden he can beat Trump more. It's like, well, why were you not supporting Bernie seven days ago then if he's the one that can beat Trump? So uh, it's going to be interesting as we get past Super Tuesday down the line, down the line, when less people, as you mentioned, Tom Steyer recently dropped out. Like, Well, this is why politicians— It's almost like who's left, right? Yeah, well, this is also why so many of these politicians have such a bad name because it can't help— but come across as disingenuous. And no matter how you try and spin it, it just comes across as artificial and fake, like you were saying something to gain power. You know what I'm saying? I I just wish I said, you know what I'm saying twice, and the fans are totally going to tag me in it, and they're going to totally mock me, and I need to get better. But anyway, it's it's really going to... It, it's okay to say, look, I disagree with this guy, and I still don't like him but I view him as a lesser evil than our opponent. I could take that any day of the week. I could take that any day of the week. But this idea that all of a sudden we're friends and there's a call for unity, I just, I don't know. It, it, it comes across comes across as at best artificial, at worst completely disingenuous and um, 
j- just dishonest. Well, but, it, but beyond that, it just it isn't going to happen. It's not yeah. possible. Like if Bernie Sanders is calling himself, well, I think. Hold on, I think the Democrats called him an existential threat first, and then he kind of liked that language and is now using it to describe himself. My point being is there is a direct adversarial relationship between the front-running candidate and the party he's running to represent. It happened with Trump in 16. It's not unheard of, right? But it's one of the things where, unless you steamroll this election, which it doesn't look like Bernie is steamrolling yet, you are going to... It isn't... How do I explain this? Like, I, I don't think it's going to be the kind of thing where there was some Marco Rubio voters who probably stayed home for, for Trump, right? Maybe. Yeah. But I think a lot of them said, ah, he's going to win. If we, we want to win, we're going to support him. So I'm not saying it's crazy to think it won't happen with Bernie. But it just, it, it, it feels weirder in the sense that the... There was a Never Trump movement, right? Yes. But the Never Trump movement existed because it was it wasn't every Republican. It yeah. feels like the Never Bernie movement is the DNC, so it's, it's a little different. You know what I mean? Like there was individual oh, that's a very Republicans that were Never Trump, but the, there's no Never Bernie movement. Well, the Never Trump the movement kind of was the RNC. It was but, a lot of the establishment, but then it, it old just shrunk, school, shrunk, 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 shrunk. You know what I mean? Like eventually, until yeah. it was individuals we could point out as like individual journalists. Like yeah. the Never Bernie movement is MSNBC's entire network, right? Like everyone who's a DNC decision maker. Oh, Barack Obama has been, I guess, not directly quoted, but sources have been quoted saying. Obama's not going to endorse anyone, but he will definitely fight like hell to make sure Bernie's not the nominee. Like, it's like the, you can't even name it any because it's the whole thing. So, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's it's the reason why I think the the Pete versus the 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 Pete to Bernie thing kind of highlighted it to me. Looking at it, where I'm like, there's so many bridges you got to cross there, and the fact that like, why would Bernie? From what Bernie Sanders ideologically believes in, why would he even want Pete supporters? Why would he be? We don't even want you people. You you guys stand for so yeah. much that we stand against. But all of a sudden you're going to support us now? Why would you like? Why would you want the support of somebody who just a few weeks ago was fine with the candidate that you think's awful? I don't know. I, yeah. I just think it's really weird how they found themselves in the spot where Bernie's not quite. And the, I guess well, I'll end on this. What I what I see is happening. What looks to me like is happening is Bernie Sanders has been pitching the Democrats for a while that I'm going to motivate new voters. I'm yes. going to. So it sounds like... I he's think, pulling the Trump argument. But here's the thing. So far, yeah. he's not doing it. And here's the other thing. You think about how the DNC... And he didn't do it in 2016 yeah. too much. Well, but a, a little bit. I'm talking but, about in 2020. Yeah. It seems to me, looking at, how, looking at how they set it up for superdelegates to only come in if there's no, no, uh, no majority in the first vote, what that tells me is they said, look, Bernie, if you deliver these voters, you said you're going to deliver... And you run away with the primary and you win it outright. Whatever. It's yours. We're fine with you motivating a new base and winning as a Democrat. However, if you don't and you continue to be this divisive force that's trying to break down the walls and not and it's not succeeding, we're, we're keeping you out. We're going to get rid of you. And I think yeah. this is kind of, I mean, what Bernie's 78 years old, it's kind of put up or shut up anyway. He's not going to run again in 2024. I, 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 I do not see how an 82-year-old man can run for president for the third time in a row like that'd be crazy to me so this is basically it for him and it seems to me they've given him that ultimatum and so far we can go through some of the numbers i haven't pulled up yet but they'll do another video maybe but you look through the numbers the turnout's not crazy it's why the democrat establishment is getting every time a state votes in bernie it's why they freaked out in nevada because they're like oh no this is what bernie's been promising us but every time there's a state where what Bernie promised doesn't happen, there isn't this wave of progressives that come out and steamroll for him, which, by the way, in Nevada, it was kind of similar support to what he had in 2016 anyway, but it just looked better. 
they're going to ratchet it up and they're going to ramp it up and they're going to keep driving this wedge. So the notion that a Pete Buttigieg supporter is just going to put not only the fact that there's been a lot of just, you know, like I said, mean memes, they're mean memes. Who cares? Get over yeah. it. But you factor that in with the fact that you don't agree ideologically with this person yeah. and the party you want, you're a member of, this person views as an adversary. Like, how do you just get over that? I don't know. I, I went a little bit long, but that just, that, that's just kind of something I've been seeing happening. And it's it just, I... I'm very curious to see what happens with the convention and what is it, May? Because, like, what's the answer to this? I have no idea. Yeah. So if there's anybody in the audience here that was a Pete supporter that is now switching over to Bernie, we'd love to hear from you. You know what I'm saying? Please put your comments below. Um, Cody, can we now talk about Bloomberg's 400 some odd million dollar day? Well, it's, I mean, it's even bigger than that. Like, I think that number uh, is ad money. It's not even yeah, like just that. total money. That's just like what the advertisement. Here we go. Even better. Well, so this is the number this I think you were citing. This is crazy. But the, the, it gets even crazier when you oh. think about it. So, one second. I'm put it on the screen so everyone can see it. So, I mean, look at that, Cody. I think Hold you on. could Fourth add up quarter all the- 2019. Fourth quarter 2019. I believe Tom Steyer dropped another $100 million in ads after that before his run. How how do you have that much money? Michael Bloomberg invented the Bloomberg machine. <laughs> no, I know he invented the Bloomberg machine. Which I know that it's like... If you want to talk about a machine you know, that the prints PC money... the movement in Microsoft. I, I, I think a, a machine that prints money is a is something that everyone in the stock market has to own and they have to pay royalties on every month. I think that's a machine that prints money. I mean, really, but still, $340 million in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And he is going to keep paying that money until November as contractually obligated to everybody that he poached from the other campaigns. I mean, I, I literally, I think we could find countries that have a smaller GDP, entire countries that have a smaller GDP than his freaking campaign in 2020. How about this? This is a, you know? a tweet I saw and this is something I want to okay. I want to highlight because again, the, the money Bloomberg has spent, I don't even know if we can count it all yet because you can look at the money he spent on ad buys, but dude, Bloomberg is having town halls that are fully catered with open bars. Those ain't cheap Jeez. either, right? But someone tweeted this, uh, yeah, Mark Murray, but this is how you later. He said, two days later, this needs to be underscored. Tom Steyer spent some $160 million on TV and radio ads, including $60 million in Iowa, $19 million in New Hampshire, $50 million in Nevada, and $21 million in South Carolina. He didn't win a single delegate. As a matter of fact, Sunday morning when I woke up, I was still seeing Steyer ads running in California. He was expecting to be in the race still at this point, I believe. It's one of the weird things about having that much money. You don't go to your bankrupt and drop out. Like You actually do drop out with like ads running and events scheduled. I was like, ah, I had money still. I just had to drop out. Jeez. I wasn't winning, but... Think about that. Combine that with the 500 million some odd probably Bloomberg's close to being in for. Today, Monday before Super Tuesday, they've spent half a billion dollars and they've received received zero delegates. Now, Bloomberg, if I mean, he's got to get something to Super Tuesday. He spent so much money, right? But think uh. about it. As we stand today, both these billionaires have spent about a half billion dollars plus and have zero delegates to show for it. Tire Steyer actually dropped out of the race. I don't really necessarily want to say in shame because I kind of like him, but in shame. I mean, you spend $150 million of your own money to get zero delegates and drop out earlier than you said you were going to. That's kind of shame. Like, and he's not good. Yeah, I mean, dude. Okay, in 2017, the top lowest GDP countries, all right, 
One was South Sudan, which was worth $275.18 million GDP. I mean, Burundi, Eritrea, Malawi, Niger, Central African Republic, and Madagascar, and Mozambique, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. It's not It's not until you get to the Democratic Republic of the Congo that you get 500.55. I'm sending you this link in Discord. I this is it. crazy. I already have it open. Okay. It, it, it is crazy. It's not yeah. until you get to the Democratic Republic of the Congo that you get 500 million dollars. Bloomberg's campaign was worth more than the GDP of well, hold on, wait. <laughs> entire I, countries. It's in US dollars, yeah. But I think that's GDP per capita. So that wouldn't be in millions. It'd be in dollars. Okay. So this would be saying your average person makes $484 a year. Oh, dang it. Okay, we just self-checked ourselves in real time. We'll have to dig deeper so we can get the. Uh, we'll have to dig deeper so we can get the info. And I guess that's our punishment for doing stuff on the fly. But it it, it doesn't it, it it doesn't go away. This just absurdity of how much money was spent and the wildness of the failure. I mean, not a single delegate is brutal. I mean, you can't even call that a vanity project because no vanity was achieved. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nobody walked out saying they liked you more. It was like the emperor has no clothes. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to uh, how to fathom it. But there's there's some interesting thoughts as to why um, a lot of these people are staying in. Are you going to bring up that one quote that you like from that one guy uh, on Twitter? Where uh, supposedly the establishment is saying Eamon Klobuchar should stay in until uh, Warren is defeated. I mean, that was just some that that was just some some rumors, but I think I don't know. See, I haven't pulled up. But yeah, like you look at the rumors that are circulating around right now because of what's going on with this election, and people are like, "Why are we like the speculation has gotten to?" uh, I might not have pulled up. We go. This is the point the speculation has gotten to on uh, where we're at on what's going on with the election. So the establishment's urging Steyer to drop out because he's taking Biden votes. They want Amy to stay in just long enough to prevent Bernie win in one state. I think it's uh, one of the Midwestern states she's by. Uh, They want Warren to stay until the convention because 40% of her supporters have Bernie as a second choice. But but, but the larger point is you're noticing this very much discussion online of, yeah, why are these people still in the race? I believe I've been hearing rumors Amy Klobuchar, I think, is getting ready to drop out maybe sooner than later. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll check more on that. But like, yeah, like we're at the point now where why are all you people on the right? It doesn't make any sense for any yeah. of you to be running anymore. Oh, here we go. Actually, as we're recording, so speaking of, one question no longer needs to be asked. Wow, <laughs> this is live. Check it out, though. Amy went on to endorse Joe Biden. Very interesting. So yeah, Amy, Amy Klobuchar, we can go more into it, but Amy Klobuchar has ended her presidential campaign. So dropped out of the race, colloquially, I guess you could say. However, it is... that. That was the question that had no answer. Is that why is Amy Klobuchar still in yeah. the race? Like it made no sense. There's well, no way she had the money. And for she Super had Tuesday. a breath of. She didn't have the support. Like, what was the point? Yeah, she had a breath of life that was blown into her completely by the media. the 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 last four weeks of Amy Klobuchar, she had the New York Times endorsement. Right? Yeah, has been a complete and total. Yeah, the co endorsement. Amy Klobuchar's mini rise of the past month has been an absolute desperate attempt 
of the corporate media to have a regular corporate establishment Democrat in the race still that kind of fits enough of the progressive talking points that hopefully if we if, you know, we hype her up, then maybe we'll be able to, uh, you know, maybe we'll be able to get a little bit more uh, action in her candidacy. Also, I did fact check myself. South Sudan's GDP. All right. Is waivers between three and four billion dollars per year. But still, think about that. If he hits a half billion dollars in his candidacy, he's literally spent one-sixth the GDP of an entire country in one year. And he owns, personally, the wealth of the bottom five poorest countries in the world. That's absurd. I mean, that, that's really just rich. absurd. But the bigger thing is, what does he get for it, right? Yeah. Is he going to be like Tom Steyer and just shamefully walk away with this with almost nothing to show for it? Is he? Or or is he going to be a surprise? Is he going to walk away with at least something to show? Maybe not a victory, but something. It is very interesting to me to see that Amy Klobuchar, and, and again, just to make sure I'll go through this a little bit more, this is breaking news. Breaking, but this did just come out, so... Uh, it seems the only source right now is actually a Joe Biden aide who's just saying that Amy's telling us she's going to endorse us when she drops. So hasn't happened yet. Who knows? However, I that appears to be that of everything, all the nonsense, all the ridiculous baloney. Me and you've been talking about the last little while. Amy Klobuchar dropping out to endorse Joe Biden. That makes is sense. the one thing that makes yeah, sense. That makes yeah, sense. I get that. <laughs> that, that. That sounds like what I would expect to happen. Some of this other stuff, like people are supporters going to support Bernie Sanders. Don't get that. That makes no sense. Amy Klobuchar staying in the race didn't make any sense. Or dropping endorsing Biden. That made sense. So here's my last question before we move on to our preview of Super Tuesday. If he succeeds. We know exactly what happens. Mike Bloomberg establishes a precedent of billionaires being able to run and buy enough airtime that they brainwash enough people with their propaganda into being serious competitors for the presidency. And it totally changes U.S. politics for a very, very long time without any kind of legislative interference. Okay. Um, Or I should say barring any kind of legislative interference in campaign finance law. Okay, Uh, because obviously the DNC is willing to lay down and just change rules to accommodate the billionaire, willing to change, you know, fundraising requirements and willing to change donation requirements and whatever it takes to make the billionaires happy. Look at the graphs. My favorite, my favorite graphs. It charts at presidential TV campaign ad. But yeah, guess which one's Bloomberg, right? Like just looking at it visually like, holy cow, look at that. Yeah, exactly. And you know what the, oh my God, you know what I just thought about? What? Moving forward, the, the green line's going to go away. It's literally just going to be a gigantic yeah. Bloomberg line because there's going to be no more Steyer. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So we know that if we know that if Bloomberg succeeds on Super Tuesday, and by succeeds, I mean, you know, just has enough victory that he keeps on contending as a formidable competitor right. in this race, that if he succeeds, it establishes this wild precedent of money he will have officially gentrified politics if he succeeds and who knows might go on to win might go on to have a great showing we don't know but but if he succeeds on super tuesday it proves that his strategy quote worked but also think about this you could say it worked but keep this in mind as well it also means and again bloomberg isn't tom steyer he was he won multiple mayor elections. Like he's not like some yeah. of New York City, by the way. Not not but uh, Portsmouth, where is that people are just yeah, from? Exactly. But um, <laughs> Ann Arbor. But uh, um, anyway, my mom, Ann Arbor's Michigan. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> that's the point. Messing with them. Anyway, though, um, what I'm trying to say is that Bloomberg isn't a nobody. No one's ever heard of. Yeah. And 
he's spending more money than Barack Obama spent through his entire 2012 cycle in like five months. Like somebody who isn't some unknown rando is being forced to burn, like you said, like burn through like half of a country's GDP just to hopefully be competing on Super Tuesday. Like I think that also shows what the money really buys. Like he isn't a nobody. He's a legit politician and he spent all the money in the world. He's spending so much money. He's buying out his competition even. Yeah. And he still isn't really getting. So anywhere. here's my question for you is we know what's going to happen if Michael Bloomberg wins. What's going to happen if he loses, though? I mean, just average shame <laughs> for for a little while, but everybody will conveniently forget because he's got enough money that they hope that, you know, they're part of his next passion project. Like, wh- what do you think happens if he loses? Um. Honestly, man, I don't know what happens when a guy with sixty billion dollars gets embarrassed in front of everyone. I don't know what does he do. Does uh, he, he just, does he buy the biggest yacht in the world? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> to make himself <laughs> feel does. better, he he builds a he he builds an even taller building than Trump's and just puts Bloomberg on it. I don't know what yeah. he does, but he gets into the roller coaster business and buys yeah. up all of. Six all flags. I know is he literally can cry into money in his Lamborghini. He's that rich. So if that's if that's what he wants to do, then <laughs> if he wants to buy the biggest yacht in the world and just sail around the world for twenty years and never talk to anyone else again, <laughs> he can, if he wants to go Howard Hughes, just buy all of Vegas and live on top of a mansion, buy out Steve Wynn, make it his mansion, like. He's got the money. But honestly, in politics, spending a half billion dollars to get embarrassed on Super Tuesday, if that's what happens, what do you do? How do you come back from that? Like, what's what's the, well, I only spent more money than everyone else times five and got nowhere. Like, geez, yeah. man. Like, what, what's, uh, it's like Steyer. I think he's done in politics. At like, that point, it's almost like bling. Like, just... You know, in the music videos where they show up into club and they're just throwing money out to throw well, money out. You know, know it's just like just, at that point, yeah. you just have to leverage it as this big show off project. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Well, the other day I was uh, I was in Newport Beach. and They have those nice houses in Newport by the thing. And it's funny. Yeah. We're going by in the what thing? You mean the, by the pier? In the harbor, sorry. Okay. You know, the thing. They <laughs> got those nice houses it's by funny. the thing. You know, the, the, <laughs> those houses are million dollar lots that you oh, build million dude, dollar homes on. I know. Well, it's funny. One of the houses we go by, it has one, the lot next door, it appears this guy is so rich, he bought that lot, tore it down, and made it a fountain. And it's just like we're talking like with Bloomberg. When you're that rich and you want to show off how wealthy you are, you spend half a billion dollars running for president. You spend five million dollars installing a fountain next to your house because you can. You know what I mean? Like it's. Uh, that it might be, like just to your point, that could be part of it. Like he's that rich. Like, well, you know what? I can afford it. <laughs> I can afford a billion dollar write off on a campaign and just keep on ticking. But I guess the question is, is can his reputation afford it? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, hey, can we talk about our Super Tuesday preview? Well, I guess part yeah. of it got blown up, right? Um, well, no, 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 no. There's still. Well, come on. It it, it didn't get blown up unless you really think Amy Klobuchar was a serious contender in the first place. You didn't have, well, how about this? Like, if you're going into the NASCAR finals here, and the dude that's in tenth place decides he wants to quit, is your analysis of NASCAR the NASCAR finals still really exactly. off kilter? It's no. Like, it's like if a guy in like the worst team in the NBA tears his ACLs, like oh no, the season changed. I get it. But let's 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 start off kind of where we were before though, because I think it's the most important angle of it, right? Yeah. So just we were talking about it before about Super Tuesday for Michael Bloomberg, but I just again want to highlight he's been saying since he started running Michael Bloomberg that Super Tuesday is a make or break for Michael Bloomberg, who invested more than four hundred million 
of his own fortune into a strategy he thought would help secure the nomination. The former New York City mayor chose to skip the first four early voting states, which he probably could have won one of those in hindsight. Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina to focus solely on the 15 states and territories voting on March 3rd, but the plan could backfire, leaving the 78-year-old billionaire with a few options. I mean, uh, according to one California-based Democratic strategist, it's impossible for him to continue as a viable candidate with the chance of collecting delegates if he doesn't do so on Super Tuesday. Which, yeah, okay. like he's got to do well. I just, if we, I feel like you can't talk about Super Tuesday in this election without talking about the, the elephant in the room, which... It's Michael Bloomberg. I mean, yeah. like super, <laughs> the mini elephant. Yeah, the mini <laughs> elephant, the, the tiny one. But still, you know, like it's he is he has gone all in, and not only has he gone all in, he hasn't really. I mean, he's received like I think five thousand right in votes in New Hampshire, but like that's yeah. nothing, right? Like he hasn't actually been in this campaign at all. So not yeah. only is it big day for him, every other candidate. Well, as we mentioned, Amy Klobuchar is planning to drop out. I guess she has. Yeah, she's planning to. Uh-huh. But we're seeing that the field's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. There's less people running. But it's like the it's all of a sudden like the ringer got brought in by the establishment. You know, like everyone's Biden just won South Carolina. He's probably feeling good. And it's like, yeah, but the $500 million man's walking through the door tomorrow. Yeah. And that's got to, every campaign's got to be, I don't want to say on edge, but they all know the future of their campaigns based on yeah. his. Bloomberg walks away with five or six of these states, takes home a bunch of delegates, performs well. Oh my God, are they going to be terrified? Yeah. Bloomberg gets shut out. Then all of a sudden, imagine the breath of relief Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders will have if if uh, Bloomberg gets shut out yeah. tomorrow. Like, all of a sudden they'll be able to go, oh, Wow, yeah. cool. Bloomberg's done. He's out of the race. But imagine the inverse. What if Bloomberg does win seven states or whatever? Oh, their strategy is blown to bits. I mean, they're all going to be freaking out. Blown to bits. Hey, can we go over this The Hill article? Of course, yeah. Um, because this actually feeds in really well to what you say. Um, so on Super Tuesday, for those of you that, that don't know or haven't been following us regularly, Super Tuesday is a day in which 15 different... Um, Okay, it's not actual states. States and territories. Yeah, I was about to say states and territories, municipalities, Actually, whatever you want to call them. Actually, the Hill's listed right? as fourteen, but Newsweek today listed as is fifteen. Um, I don't know what that is? Uh, well, fifteen races. Okay, because uh, you've got like American Samoa in there. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, sorry, you... fourteen states in one U.S. territory. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, you've got the early states. Okay. First is always Iowa. Second is New Hampshire. Then you've got Nevada and South Carolina close behind. And those are always kind of the early states that get the attention in the press and where a lot of candidates go. Because if you can fare well on a smaller budget in those lower in those uh, smaller states, it's kind of like going to Sundance with your independent film. You know what I'm saying? If you do well at Sundance, you can pick up a big uh, production deal for the sequel and you can get big theatrical releases and distribution in, in, in movie theaters this year. Next thing you know, you're competing for the Oscars, right? So if you do well at Sundance, your movie can crush it nationally. If you do well in Iowa and New Hampshire, you oftentimes can gain momentum that carries you into Super Tuesday and then to the rest of the states. And Super Tuesday is the following Tuesday in which all 15 of these uh, states and territories vote. And um, it's really interesting when you look at kind of the demography of this. Now, Joe Biden did really, really well in South Carolina. He, he, he overperforms with the uh, African-American vote. And what's interesting is we'll do this in alphabetical order, okay? In Alabama, it's interesting, we just celebrated the 55th anniversary of um, the March Over the Bridge in Selma. Okay, a big, you know, we made a whole movie about it, all right? And uh, one of the iconic happenings of the civil rights movement. 
and a bunch of candidates went down there, five of them all together. But uh, Biden's crushing it there. Well, big name missing. Yeah. Who? Which oh. name's missing? Look. Uh, it was Elizabeth Warren, Buttigieg, uh, Klobuchar. They've both dropped out. Uh, no Bernie. No, Bernie wasn't there. Yeah, no Bernie and no Bloomberg. Anyway. No, um, Bloomberg was. There's no Bernie. Oh, yeah. Bloomberg was. Yes, you're right. Sorry. But what's interesting is Biden, it says here, according to the Hill, that Biden is the only candidate that filled with endorsements from members of the Alabama congressional delegation earning the backing of Senator Doug Jones and Representative Terry Sewell. So he's got support there while others don't. Okay, you hit America Samoa, poor America Samoa. Well, he performs well in the South. We saw this, I mean, you know, yeah. a little bit specific with South Carolina. Right? But like, uh, North Carolina is, is supposed to be well. I mean, uh, I think, and I want to think, just as an aside, I, I saw one poll that said um, the James Clyburn, I believe his name is, probably spelled uh -huh. wrong, I always get people's names wrong, endorsement, was the reason why 42% of people actually voted for Joe Biden. Like, 42% of Joe Biden voters said, like, that endorsement was kind of like the, okay, I'll vote for a moment. Yeah. So, American Samoa, unfortunately, gets overlooked. It basically says the U.S. territory of American Samoa, Samoa lacks sufficient polling to indicate how Democrats are faring heading into Tuesday's caucuses. But it does mention that the territory has six pledged delegate, delegates to allocate. So, that's interesting. Now, let's move on to Arkansas. I actually have family in Arkansas. So this, one, this one's interesting. And these are the kind of states that I think Bloomberg can fare well in. Because they're big enough to have a minor impact, but small enough to be overlooked by the establishment candidates. Not Bloomberg. <laughs> yeah, but not Bloomberg. And if he amasses enough of them, it's like Southwest Airline, Airlines in the early 2000s was the only profitable airline because they amassed a lot of short flights instead of doing the big long ones that were glamorous like the New York to Los Angeles ones. So anyway... In Arkansas, according to The Hill, Bloomberg is far outspending his opponents in Arkansas, which could give the former New York City mayor a boost in the state that awards 31 pledged delegates. That's a pretty significant number. Five and, Samoas? Uh, yeah, exactly. Five American Samoas. In the sole poll conducted in Arkansas, so this, poor, this state's only got one poll, the Talk Business and Politics Hendricks College poll released last week, Bloomberg held a slight lead with a one-point edge over Biden. So he'd edged out Biden. Buttigieg and Sanders closely trailed the top two candidates in the survey. Remember, no Buttigieg, so that, that data's and, now. Yeah, so now without Buttigieg there, you have to ask where is candidates going to go or where is uh, supporters going to go. But a week ago, Bloomberg was the number one guy. Biden, however, has a fighting chance of winning the state. His campaign boasted an endorsement Sunday from former Arkansas Senator Blanche Lincoln. And Biden's wife, Jewel Biden, spoke at an event in Little Rock that same day. So they've shown up. But according to the latest data, Bloomberg's ahead. We just got to figure out where Pete's supporters are going to go. Well, he, but, uh, it's rumor and conjecture, but uh, Amy Klobuchar is expected to be endorsing Joe Biden. It also seems that... Um, that's the word on the street. Of course, like who else is Buttigieg going to endorse? Is he going to endorse Mike Bloomberg? But yeah. rumors are starting to be circulated. I think CNN just published an article saying it appears that uh, or Pete is looking around. Just when we're going down these uh, various states, it appears any state where they mention Amy or Pete, those candidates I think are putting their weight behind Biden. So that would help Biden. And like in Arkansas, where it's close, Pete's in the mix. Well, if Pete's out of the mix and it goes to Biden. That could tilt it towards Biden. Dude, how funny would it be if that was the X factor for Biden? Is that Amy and Pete endorsement? I don't think it yeah. is. I refuse <laughs> to believe the Amy and Pete, especially in Arkansas. However, it's worth noting. Okay, so American Samoa has six pledged delegates. Guess how many California has, Cody? Uh, maybe 70. It's a pretty big state, right? No, no. California has 415. <laughs> 
You know, I mean, that's that's looking to be a. And you know what's crazy to me? Uh huh. You would think, and I think Bloomberg has, but you would think like, yes, dude, like skip Iowa and New Hampshire. Why are you not trying to in California? Like, I think you need to have some momentum. But it seems that like candidates didn't realize how far up California got moved. Where it's like that's also though we live in California, so we have an extra insight on this. Realistically, do you see anyone beating Bernie Sanders out here in California? Uh, Andrew Yang, had he survived longer, if he and had got like a weird support. rebel, yeah. I'm gonna run only in Cal. Like, I'm gonna yeah. if he had based his campaign in California and like did this weird, I'm gonna work west to east instead of east to west kind of campaign. Yeah. that would have been pretty radical and different. But yeah, the only person that was really really faring well here was Andrew Yang, and it was because he had a very large contingent here. He's beating Kamala in some polls. Yeah, it, it, I mean he would he would he was all all things considered crushing it here. In the well, Golden State, but the real clear politics, digits, but just rising and outperforming the rest of the country. Yeah. I mean, it just Biden's not a California guy. But L.A. and San Francisco voters, which make up California, it's not as bad as Nevada, but like California really is like the San Diego, Los Angeles, southern part of the state, and the Sacramento, Oakland, yeah. San Francisco, northern part of the state, and then like the middle exists. Yeah. Um, I don't see people from those regions voting for Joe Biden. I really don't. Yeah. Mike Bloomberg, I. I might be overstating this. I do think there's a little bit of that. Like, I don't think Californians want to vote for a New Yorker. That being said, in the Republican primary in 2016, Trump carried it with like 70% of the vote. But that was easy. New Yorkers make sure Trump knows he isn't one of them. And so I think that's why people, I don't know. I'm just saying I don't see anyone other than Bernie who could possibly win California in this primary. Yeah. Like, there's just no one and and also the, the Hill brings up a really interesting point that Senator Kamala Harris has yet to endorse anybody. And I can't really think of what any major California politician has endorsed. Governor Gavin Newsom, I can't recall an endorsement. Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, I can't recall an endorsement. Uh, You know what I'm saying? No real endorsements are ringing loud and clear in my mind. Nothing huge, but I think I've heard some... Which is strange, because they're always trying to gussy up to the DNC establishment, because they all want to run for president. Gavin Newsom wants to be a president. Okay, but here's the thing. That's why... Eric Garcetti wants to be president. Just for sake of time. That is why, because you know why? If they want to suck up to them, they're not going to endorse Bernie. But then who do you endorse? No one else is the viable. Yeah, candidate. then you end up endorsing so a loser. So you end up yeah. endorsing the wall because like it doesn't matter. You know, I'll endorse yeah. my shoes for president because it doesn't matter who wins. It so I'm going to burn through some of these really fast. Colorado's next in alphabetical of order, of course. And uh, Bloomberg once again, the largest spender in Colorado, pouring five million to the Denver market alone and one million into the Colorado Springs slash Pueblo market just in TV ads. And uh, Sanders is behind him. And uh, Sanders won the Colorado caucuses in 2016. All right. I think the legalization of medical marijuana had something to do with that. And uh, they've got 67. Recreational in 16, right? Or, yeah, sorry, recreational uh, in 2016. The 67 pledged delegates will most likely be uh, heading his way. And then Maine. God, think even a state like Colorado, though, it's not a tiny state. 67 no. delegates. It's a drop in the bucket for California. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's like it's a pretty substantial thing. Denver's yeah. there. I don't know. So Maine won the race. Uh, sorry, uh, Sanders won the race in Maine in 2016. Oh, yeah. That's and that's uh, he's earned the most donations from Maine residents this election cycle of anybody else. That seems to predict his success there. As well as Massachusetts. Uh-oh. Warren is trying to fend off a strong challenge from Sanders to win her home state Tuesday. There's actually a lot of speculation that she won't even win her home state. Well, I I, I, I feel like, remember how yeah. Kamala Harris dropped out like three days before the first debate in California? Yeah. Because it'd be kind of embarrassing to just get embarrassed in California and then drop yeah. out. I think Elizabeth Warren might drop out a few days before the, so actually she can't, it's tomorrow. So I'm yeah. surprised she didn't. I guess we locked that. I'm surprised she didn't because it's like, 
this is the maybe she's one of those people, but this is the moment where you have to stop lying to yourself and they have to go, look, Liz, you yeah. lost your own state. Yeah. It's time to <laughs> drop out. It's just a lot of candidates will drop out. Well, early well, to we spare don't know if it's a loss yet because according to the latest poll, okay, she is in a statistical tie with Sanders, oh, who holds a two point lead over Warren within the polls, four point four percentage points. That's in the margin of error. But let me tell you, you believe that? if I'm in the margin of error, I'd rather be the guy that's two points on top oh, no, no. than the guy that's two points on bottom. So we well, can't say anything yet. One, but. We want to be, uh, we be um, intellectually and statistically yeah. honest here that we can't say anything yet, but it's not looking hey, good. She has to the end of the day to spare herself the embarrassment of losing her own state and then yeah. resigning. So she might. Okay. So anyway, um, Minnesota. Uh, right out of the gates in Minnesota. Minnesota rings our bell because that's where Amy Klobuchar is from. And her strongest chance of winning a state Tuesday is Minnesota. Rip was. <laughs> yeah. But her home state advantage may not be enough to fend off Sanders, who is rising in the polls in Midwest state, so on and so forth, yada, yada, this and that. But with all the speculation that she's out, then it looks like it's going to be going to the second person, which is indeed only six points behind her. One Bernie Sanders. Well, but what about this? I wonder if Klobuchar, though, was... Almost leading, what would a Klobuchar endorsement potential a, a discuss? But if there was a Klobuchar endorsement of Biden, could that? If I mean, here's the weird thing too: is we have to see. I what, haven't seen a precedent. We for have that. to see the impact though, also yeah. in the polls of Biden. I agree. South Carolina. I mean, Minnesota. Because again, Minnesota. No offense to Minnesota. I feel like another one of those states where there's like a couple cities and just nothing else, well, right? Yeah. Like you got the Twin Cities, and then also here's the other thing: is Sanders won the 2016 Minnesota caucuses. Okay. And he won over another very establishment person, Hillary Clinton. So if if Bernie Sanders was taking the state over the establishment two years ago and the Bernie fervor is only bigger, badder and bolder now, I don't see there all of a sudden being this establishment take. Oh, I, I, it's going to go to Bernie. Well, also, I just, it's going to go to Bernie. As they mentioned, here, he's also been endorsed by I think actually Elon, Elon Omar works as a surrogate for it. Work, yes. but is a surrogate for him as well. Yeah. So like that, talking about Amy being a big endorsement, she's also I assume a pretty big endorsement in Minnesota, especially I believe she is from. Did they mention just Minnesota? Yeah. So anyway, it looks like North Carolina is a tight race. Once again, however, Sanders has a slim two point lead over Joe Biden. Once again, you're in the uh, you're in the margin of error. However, yeah. that was before Biden smoked him. So. Yeah, exactly. And also, once again, Sanders on top in that uh, margin of error, not on bottom. So let's skip to Oklahoma. Well, Sanders. One more thing I want to mention, yeah? just to point out again, they mentioned here that House Majority Whip uh, James Clyburn, whom Biden credited for helping his campaign to victory in South Carolina, was campaigning for him again in North Carolina. And like I said, it seems that he has a lot of those really important local endorsements in the South that are really helping him. Okay, cool. So anyway, um, we go to Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Texas. And Oklahoma, Sanders won in 2016. And right now, currently, it looks like it's a very tight three-way race. In fact, this is the tightest race that we have had of all the states in Super Tuesday that we've listed so far. That the most recent poll, all right, shows Biden at top with 21.2%, followed by Bloomberg at 19.8%, so less than two points behind, and Sanders at 19.3%. All three of them are within the margin of error. Oh yeah. Okay. That's so that's really just, kind of uh It's one of the states you you were talking about before that Bloomberg with his wealth he should target these states to get it. Oklahoma was one of those states. Bloomberg has circled the state. He they I think they mentioned on this even if they have it. He has spent a lot of money there. He has really gone hard. States like Oklahoma, we'll, we'll come to a couple more here where he's really 
trying to corner them. I think Colorado was when we saw too, where yeah. he's like, I want to sneak in and try to steal some of these states that maybe other people are overlooking a bit. But I just don't want to bring it up. I remember seeing time and time again, I'm like, why is Bloomberg running all these ads in Oklahoma? Well, because maybe he thinks he can actually win it, right? Yeah, so here's Tennessee and Texas. Unfortunately, Tennessee is kind of like American Samoa. There's not a lot of data on it. And uh, basically says there's little data to suggest which way the volunteer state is going to go. However, okay, the South Carolina primaries that went to Biden forebodes Biden's success, all right, in the first southern state to hold a primary. Okay, and Sanders lost to Clinton in Tennessee in 2016 by a wide mar margin, so it looks like they're a little bit more um, establishment-friendly there. And then in Texas, this is the other big one. You, basically, on Super Tuesday, you have California and you have Texas, okay? Uh, I can't think of two crazier states, all right? Florida. <laughs> yeah, but Florida is... I just view Florida as more rational, but <laughs> or at least kind of like the sleepy town where you go to retire. But um, you know what I'm saying? Come on, California and Texas people are a lot crazier than Florida people. Florida's like the Wild West, man. Oh, well, first off, it's not in the West, but so I get it the is analogy. like the I like the okay. We can argue about the uh, the, the the where the do you think Broward County is? Well, yeah, that's just one county full of psychos, but. Including my biological okay, family. I have a friend who lives in Florida, and I'm, I'm not saying this is disrespectful to the Florida people, but the way I've heard Florida described to me, and it kind of makes sense, I hear it, is that Florida is very, it's very, you want to talk about diversity. You think it goes yeah. down all the way to the Caribbean almost and goes all the way up to like, like the Georgia, the, like the marshy, yeah, like yeah. southern parts of America. And there's a part of the country where they kind of like having the state where they kind of like having their own way of doing things down there. It's a different part of the world. Yeah, there's like four different parts of Florida that like doing things the, their way. There's like yeah. swamps and jungles and beaches. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, did you know that there's uh, wild monkey populations yeah. that had escaped from a zoo? And then now they're actually trying to control the wild monkey population in this one national park. It's kind of funny. So anyway, um, Sanders has nearly a nine point lead in Texas, according to a real clear, clear politics average of polls in the Lone Star State. No, he's doing well there. Yeah, and he averages 29.7% of support. That Those are big numbers, okay? Once again, it's uh, in this field, it's weird. That that wouldn't be a big number in any other race, but now that's a, 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 a plurality. What, nine points? That's a huge number. No, nine points is a big lead. Oh, but sorry, I'm but having 29.7. I, I understand, yeah. Normally, that'd be a 30-point blowout, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. In any other presidential election, we would already have a front runner by now. And the person getting 29.7% support would be just viewed as a washed up candidate. We'd well, be leaving. Yeah. Well, they'd be the inverse of the 70 as they'd be 100% going yes, to two candidates. Exactly. So um, here, however, what's interesting is Sanders lead over Biden and Bloomberg widens among Latino voters in Texas, according to a Univision poll released last week. Don't forget, Univision is where the um, liar Jorge Ramos works. So um, it's also a massive network that employs tons of people. So. Yeah, it's a massive network that employs tons of people um, at which where the liar and activist Jorge Ramos pretends to be a reporter. Oh but anyway, how um, dare they hire this one person? <laughs> yeah, it's got a Texas is the second largest Super Tuesday state with 228 delegates at play. So about half the size of California. Actually, no, I'd say two thirds the size of California. OK, and Biden's got the most amount of uh, endorsements. All right. 
Uh, however, it looks like that Warren has earned some high-profile backing from people there, including... Oh, yeah, the Castros. Yep, exactly, including Julian Castro, all right. Um, but she's trailing in the polls by, gosh, nearly almost one-third well, of And his what? brother. His brother, too, they both... In, which, yeah. I guess, hey, you know what the funny thing is? How do you know, huh? He could just go backstage and come back out. Hey, I am a yeah. Julian now. <laughs> I also <laughs> endorse Mrs. Warren. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, um, so I just thought it'd be interesting there... A uh, couple things to take away that I thought were interesting. One, again, it kind of shows how like it's weird when you pull like Latino voters because he doesn't do it. Bernie Sanders is much more poorly with Latinos in Florida as there are different types. Of, you know what I mean? Like I just think it's weird. Like he does do really well though in the Southwest. Uh, like with uh, Nevada, he did well with Latinos. He did well with Latinos in Texas, but we're seeing in states like Florida, he's not polling as well. However, it looks like once again we see Biden leaning on these big name endorsements. Which yeah. like, is there any way though to, to kind of like what is the best way to typify that you are the old school establishment uh, type of guy who's been there is just hey. relying on endorsements in every state like I have everyone endorses me but hey, it's not yeah that. we have another mid sized state here that looks like Bloomberg's had some success in this is interesting so let's go to Utah we only got three left Utah Vermont and Virginia Sanders holds a lead in Utah according to the Hill according to a recent poll of likely voters and has a nine point lead over his opponents according to a Deseret News slash Hinckley Institute of Political Polls released last week. And Sanders registers 28% support. It's really interesting. He, he, he kind of just always gets this one-third, you know. And when there's such a diverse field, one-third is enough to have a plurality, but it's really not a, a, a huge following. But guess who comes in second place, Cody? 19% for Bloomberg. And Bloomberg has a pretty significant endorsement there of Representative Ben McAdams, who's a Democrat from Utah, okay, who's endorsed his candidacy. You know this guy took money someone, so they can bolster up his re-election oh, campaign sure. from Bloomberg. He's probably going to elect it because of Bloomberg. But no, yeah. as someone who's kind of familiar with the area, does, it, does Utah feel like a state that would ever vote for Michael Bloomberg? No, and it's it it's, it's like definitely some much New York billionaire. Yeah, it does much, not seem like a Utah guy. It's much more heavily Republican. Um, and Mitt Romney's actually not even really popular there because he's kind of viewed as an outsider still. But I'm talking about like Republican yeah. or Democrat. I just mean like the type of person in Utah doesn't feel like the kind of person who's like, oh, a billionaire from New yeah. York City. That's who I want to vote for. It's like that's why I live on the other side of the country in Utah. Like. Yeah. However, Senators did, did win the Utah caucuses by a wide margin over Clinton in 2016. Um, and then finally, Vermont. Well, boom. What, what's it's again, pretty though, much going to be believed he wins his home state. Is the demographic of Utah mostly Salt Lake City and then like a bunch of other not as big cities around it, right? Like I think it's another state like that. Uh, big urban hub it, that kind of dominates it. Yeah, there's definitely a, well, close. There, uh, Salt Lake City is definitely the largest urban hub. But it, it's not a very big city. And there's also St. George and, and, and there's southern Utah as well. Okay, so it's more spread out. It, it, yeah, it's split up. It's kind of a lot like Nevada. Nevada has the Reno populace and then the Las Vegas well, yeah, populace. Same thing, yeah. Like it's, yeah, so, yeah. so there's pretty much the Salt Lake City populace is the major urban hub. But then there's also another southern contingent that's four hours away that cannot be ignored. Yeah, but still, it's like you win the two big cities, you win the yes, state. Yes, exactly. You win the two big cities, cities, you win the state. And finally, Virginia, the swamp. Right here in the swamp. Sanders has a lead in Virginia, according to The Hill, um, and the real clear politics average of polls. But the race is tightening with Biden and Bloomberg closely trailing. Here's the data on them. They are all within six points of each other. Sanders has 25 percent. Bloomberg trails at about 19 and a half, almost 20 percent. And in a close third, 18.5 percent is Biden. All right. So, um, 
you know, Biden. It says here Biden could be boosted because Tim Kaine has endorsed How him, funny so on and so that? forth. Wait, do you think that helps? Do you think that Tim? Kaine I don't think Tim, I don't think people give a crap about Tim Kaine. Well, I, I know it isn't actually Virginia, but I also do want to mention that in Washington D.C., which isn't ta- it borders, right? It's right there. Yeah. Somewhere. Hillary won the general like ninety seven percent of the vote, so that's definitely. I guess Virginia is not DC. I understand, but it is funny to see like that comparison. I love seeing. So it. here's something else. She loses in Virginia too. and then dominates DC. Because here, here's the other last thing that I'll mention about Virginia that I find interesting is Virginia's open primary, in which registered voters can participate, also offers more moderate candidates a chance to pick up votes from independents and Republicans who can cast a ballot in the Democratic primary Tuesday. Oh, isn't that the same So where- never Trumpers might say, oh, I'm going to vote for Biden because he seems like the most normal. Virginia has an open primary in which Republicans are allowed to participate. Now, for example, here in California, if you're a registered Republican, Republican you cannot vote in the Democrat primary. But um, Virginia has an open primary. So that really, um, if you think about it, strategically if you all of a sudden open the field and make the bell curve better the people that are in the center of the bell curve are going to disproportionately benefit from an open primary and who's at the center of the bell curve the centrist candidates and joe biden uh, amy klobuchar people like that that are kind of perceived as an establishment centrist um uh political candidate they're going to do a little bit better and don't forget virginia especially northern virginia which borders on washington dc okay uh, is is the swamp it's it's the swamp if you work in washington dc you live in a nice rich suburb i mean if you work for the federal government i i think 50 percent of the population of virginia is basically employed by the u.s government well, that's, what I mean. that's why i'm surprised you know so up. this is the definition of the again. suburban swamp the the the, the, the swamp's suburb is all of north richmond virginia and they always go for establishment Oh, Democrats. Yeah. That's why. That's why. For a second there, I thought you said that Hillary lost. I'm like, how did the Hill Dog lose Virginia? I said, yeah. Like, like the, the, well, also, wasn't she? I mean, Bill. Somewhat. I, mean, I get again. It's not it's, Arkansas. I don't think it's the other side of the planet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's not from. He's not from Colorado. I don't know. I just think it's funny that like she had some roots in the American South. Was like the most dominant establishment swamp political figure ever. She just runs yeah. away with Virginia and D.C. It's hilarious. Yeah. So anyway. Um. It's looking like, altogether, uh, Sanders is going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with, but Biden has some hope of picking up some steam and pulling off some surprises, especially because we don't know where Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar's support would go first. And a lot of these Pete to Buttigieg memes seem like they're trying to court the Pete Buttigieg supporters but we won't know literally until the chips fall and we have no data that's been um, gleaned from polls since these people have announced that they're going to be dropping out. So really the first data we get is going to be the actual elections themselves. Well, it is. So, yeah, yeah. It, it is weird to seeing Super Tuesday. Like I said, I brought it before having a candidate like a Mike Bloomberg who basically say, I'm just going to go all in on Super Tuesday and see what happens is it, it is weird and bizarre. It's it's. A lot of there is a lot of political strategists and people who work in campaigns that are very curious to see what four hundred million dollars buys you on Super Tuesday because really nobody knows. As far as I know, nobody's tried this before. Yeah, I'm gonna just start my campaign Super Tuesday and go all in on it and see what happens. And so that's the big wild card. All the states we went through, if Bloomberg somehow wins like five or six of these, and, and 
the whole election changes. It's crazy. However, if you get shut out, it'll be kind of funny. Like, if Bloomberg gets shut out, it'll be almost like nothing happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like Bloomberg gets shut out and just kind of continues that it had been going the whole time. It, but if he doesn't, I mean, you know, get ready for a really dumb couple months if he does well tomorrow. Yeah. So anyway, let us know what you guys think. If we missed something, follow us on Twitter at PSP Radio 1, Instagram at Problem Solver Politics. Don't forget to join the channel. It's an inexpensive way to make sure that we can keep these videos coming without any corporate donors. And we got a podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, basically anywhere where podcasts are sold or downloaded. You can check us out on your favorite podcast platform. It's simply under Problem Solver Politics. And... You guys got to make sure that if you want to grab a Problem Solver Politics hat that you check us out at problemsolverpolitics.com. There's a link to PayPal right there if you want to walk away with some of your merch. And we're also, are we going to be live streaming tonight, Cody? Yes, we're live streaming tonight because this is Super Tuesday. Well, technically, I mean, it's, well, yeah, yeah, it's Monday, it's not Super Tuesday, but we're going to be live streaming tonight because we usually live stream on Mondays talking about Super Tuesday. So I have to make sure that I get everything grammatically correct. Anyway, this is Problem Solver Politics. We'll see you guys in the next video.